Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Nap Time and Me Time. Our guest for today is Eddie. He's one of my oldest friends. We've been friends since 2006, and uh, we've seen each other through a lot of seasons of life. Some seasons we would probably rather forget about and pretend that didn't happen. Um, But we've also seen each other through weddings and breakups and all kinds of stuff. So in today's episode, you're going to hear a lot about Eddie's um, fostering to adopt journey, but you're also going to hear about how, you know, they have adopted these kids, but now they need to find balance in their daily lives and find the balance between parenthood and work and family time and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a great episode. It's my first with a guest. I hope you really enjoy it. Um, Thanks for listening to Nap Time and Me Time. So my parenting journey. He's pausing to take a big big gulp. Uh, my parenting journey extends back quite a bit. Uh, so from the time that my husband and I went on our first date, we um, talked at that time about the importance of family to each of us and our desires to literally each. Literally your first date. Literally our first date, yeah. Uh, the one at um, the wine bar on course? No, that was the second stop of our, the first stop of the first date. Just oh talking God. about, yeah, I mean, let's do this. You know, do If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Do it. Um, but I mean, that's just kind of where we both were at that point in our lives was, you know, very, we had a very clear idea of where we wanted to be. Um, How many years ago was that? That is, that would be seven years in September. 2012? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, um, so then we dated, got married, did the whole thing. Um, and then in 2017... Um, so we got married in 2016 and 2017, we started our, uh, classes to become foster parents. Um, that was in like late March, early April of 2017. Um, and then in October, first wedding anniversary. Yes. We finished our licensing process right after our first wedding anniversary. Um, and then between October and April, um, it's when we were just getting all these emails. Donna knows the story very clearly because there was the first email that came in and we thought we would automatically like be a shoe in for this child. So when he talks about emails, what he, after they finished all their licensing, he would get emails of potential kids that kind of fit y'all's standards mm-hmm. or like, so I'm, I'm going to botch this and so no, you're good. Yeah. make it nicer and prettier and more PC. Um, but they, when they decided they wanted to be foster parents, they say, okay, we want kids, these ages, these races, these Mm -hmm. ethnicities, all this kind of stuff. And then they send you kids that they Mm -hmm. think fit those parameters or they think would be a good, um, a good fit for your family. Mm -hmm. Right. Correct. So you you were getting a series of these photos of these families and you get like Mm -hmm. their bios and you kind of get their backstories. Like it it varied from, uh, because you have to also understand these are coming from all different sources where you might have a really engaged caseworker, um, here in San Antonio, but someone who might not be that connected to the situation, um, in a small town in Texas, in some other Texas town. So 
um, you get a little bit of a backstory, but then we felt like we just had to rush immediately and say yes and no. And then very quickly we found out that, you know, you, you might get this, uh, this information from this child and then you don't hear back. Uh, we didn't hear back on, I would say like 90 to 95% really? of all the submissions we made with us. We knew that we wanted up to three children and, um, under the age of six. So any combination of um, boys, girls, um, all of the diversity we would just want and love, and we were looking for it. Okay, so you knew you wanted, you knew the kind of setup that you wanted and the the kids that you were willing to bring into your home, then what happened? Well, and then our uh, caseworker through the agency hit us with like, a solid there must have been at least one or two where there was like four or more kids and so that's a lot of kids kids. no offense to those that have like three plus Plus. four plus babies but that plus starts getting really big (laughs) on things and the rsvps get really intense Mm -hmm. so um four birthday parties a year goodness because three really we did one we've, we've gone through one cycle so anyway we fast forward we have one cycle of birthday parties that we barely survived. But, um, yeah, so then here's the other thing is not to be overly cocky or, or, or self-indulgent, but, like, you know, my husband and I do, do pretty well, and we were educated, and we, we felt like we were a really good place for children to – a family for children to land, and – it took us like over these like these over 20 submissions of putting ourselves out there kind of automatically like hoping for these connections and relationships to come up um and all we kind of got was you know static on the other end for a very long time um so we again we started submitting at the end of november um and what you do is you submit i say submit what i mean is you submit your home study um so our home study is this whole other beast where it's this 20 plus page document of everything, and I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about your your very like resume type information, all the way into like how does your marriage and relationship function? Um, how do you? And this is like coupled with like interview questions, because then you have someone come over and like interview you guys and like she yeah. Sat with us for over eight hours. We I did, can't. We did it like in two four hour chunks. Um, Get to make like charcuterie boards for her and all kinds of stuff. I remember. Sure did try it. I remember sure the charcuterie boards. Uh, the first time it was real cute and we felt like it was a good tiki. The <laughs> second time we said, "Here's some cheese sticks," and like, let's and like, we're it. just gonna deal with like, yeah. like we know each other. No. I'm no longer and trying that. Yeah, and one of the things that stands out is like, she gave us like this little puzzle thing to work on together. They just wanted to see us work through conf- conflict. Excuse me. Uh, I can't. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a, but I. I I, I now know why. You know what I mean? I now know why. Because <laughs> it's not easy. Um, so, uh, now it all makes sense, but in the moment it was extremely invasive and very tedious. But at the same time, we we knew what we were going and working towards. Um, and so it was like, all right, well, tell us, the, tell us the steps and we'll take them. And here mm. we go. So, um the interesting part about that and the way it ended up is um, our our children uh, it was really early april of 2018 where we got a, um, a follow-up to one of the submissions that we had 
put our home study in for. Um, and all it was, uh, I'll never forget it. It was like one, like when you export a PowerPoint slide, just one sheet mm-hmm. uh, with all three of their pictures. And literally it had three names and ages. And then it was like, this child likes trucks. Next. This child likes smiling. Next. Uh, and and at that point we were just like, you know what? Like these, these kiddos, like the... the Everything else kind of lines up, so let's just submit, not knowing anything about their history or uh, what what they had experienced, and so or what they needed even. Uh, and so, then, so you didn't see their backstory at no, that, that time. That was like the least yeah, the, backstory one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, um, and then we got an email just saying like, hey, they they want to they want to select your home study for these kiddos and we're just like okay what like what does that even mean i, mm-hmm. I was in the parking lot at a starbucks in kyle texas i know exactly what <laughs> um, and it was like so are they coming right now like how is this gonna work uh when when do we get to like kind of transition and unfortunately uh it all works out the way it needs to but in that moment it was it felt very unfortunate that we weren't set up with a full transition the way that like the training tells you that you might um so ideally you would get like one to two visits um one in a public place just Mm. very neutral and then two in your home um and then the third visit would be like where um the children would officially move in um and we were told you know they're they live out of the city um the current placement's not really willing to um, go further or ease the transition in any way or, or, or oh. create a transition in any way um, and so it's something that I I continue to process is just you know you might not be happy about it as an adult or, or as a foster parent but what's best for these children you know yeah. and so anyway uh, then on April 10th 2018 oh my gosh uh, yeah the the door opens and, and here come three children into our home and uh, it, it was fast and there was a caseworker and her manager um, and then my husband and I and uh, I don't know one, my cl- clearest memory is so we had like the living room and the house was all set up and so toys were ready to go and snacks were ready to go uh, and then the case manager hands me our youngest son and she's like oh, I think he has a poopy diaper but he does not, like, he's not very, like, calm around diaper changes. I've already changed him once. And so I was like, okay, well, come on. Here we go. And so, you know, I, I took him. Um, we had the diaper changing stuff upstairs. So, like, took him and, like. Then you learned better and you put it downstairs. And then we, and then we got double. Because <laughs> yes. you knew. Yeah, we had a super cute little setup <laughs> ready to go up a few steps. And it was mm-hmm. just not functional. Yeah. So, um, that that memory is really ingrained in me and then you know that entire day uh, is something I'll never forget and so uh, yeah then after that um, so you also have to remember we were fostering to adopt so there are some families out there and I I also should have done this disclaimer at the beginning but I only speak for myself and for my family and our experience um, and so there's stuff that I might say that someone may not agree with if they've gone through their own process or um, some things that might be difficult for others to understand, but this is us and this is our experience. Uh, but um, we were fostering to adopt. And with that, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So 
Uh, keep in mind, we had submitted for over 20 home study, or we had submitted our home study over 20 times. Nothing ever stuck. Um, we had these three wonderful children in our home, but there was no telling whether or not we'd be able to adopt them. Um, but our caseworker was only sending us files of kiddos and families that, that really um, were headed in that direction. But as in life, there is no guarantee. So um, we, their case actually went up to the state Supreme Court. So um, rights had been terminated and then it just all kind of escalated. Um, we, we thought we were right there at the end of June. Um, and, and then it, it got appealed one more time, um, which was kind of like the, the final shot at that point. Um, and then it's just, it's, it's nerve wracking. So when you say appealed, it means that you thought that you were going to do the whole thing where you guys go in front of a court or in front of a judge in court and like, like this big thing. And like, these are legally y'all's kids by all intents and purposes. And then it. It, you, like right before that was supposed to happen and got pulled back one more time or like the the um their biological parents came back and like we're like no no no, no wait like we is that what happened yeah so uh, one thing about it is you're not able to adopt until you have had the children in your home for six months okay um so we were kind of we knew that whatever happened in those six months we had to still wait for that that like mile marker mm-hmm. um but what we didn't expect was, you know, rights were terminated. There was an appeal to the local court. And then at the end of June, that's when, um, according to CPS, like mm. the, the lawyers do the, the appealing, right? It's kind of like, you know, you just have to think about it. Like, hey, I'm your lawyer. And on my end, I have one more card I can play. And that is this one more appeal. And then as a, as a parent who, you know, we're figuring it out as foster parents, but I've constantly try to remember that there there are biological parents on the other end of this that are also trying to figure it out yeah they've never navigated having their parental rights terminated um and so then you have this lawyer saying you know we'll try one more thing right and so Mm -hmm. um they the lawyer or whoever um submitted that final appeal to the to the state supreme court um so i mean i remember even going to like the supreme okay so we're, we're a gay couple. We're very brown. Uh, <laughs> and I remember going to the stinking website. I was like, I don't even know who our Supreme Court peoples are I, for the state. So let me do a little Google search on this and see if I think. Was he brown? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Holler, Texas. That's party. <laughs> uh, for sure not. But it was, it was all of that. It's like we're good people. But, like, could we, like, be yeah. up against something outside of our control? Uh Anyway, it, it wasn't about us, and it ended up not really being about the biological parents. It was the, that final appeal, and from what I understand, most of these appeals are really around, uh, like, uh, just paperwork and sure. um, just documentation errors. Uh, but, you know, anyway, so uh, then come, comes August 2018, and uh, the final appeal, uh, the, the, the decision was upheld after that final appeal. And uh, we, we knew that we were on track for our, our six-month adoption date. So uh, then, then came October, and it was like this, like you, got, you had to find an attorney, and you, uh, you set a court date, uh, and you show up, and then the judge does what he or she does, and 
then that's really it. So it's just crazy. It was just so crazy. And that day, well, a lot of this, you know, I, I don't think about it often because we're so busy like day to day. But uh, that, that courtroom was filled with so many people um, that support us and that continue to support us um, in so many ways. And so the judge is a super tiny courtroom too. And it's kind of they like, always look real. No, they actually always look really big. No. Maybe yours was small. So small. But when I see pictures of friends that have adopted, I feel like it's like there's like a hundred seats back there. Yeah, no, not no. We had like like four and a half views <laughs> um, <laughs> in this place. So Noah remembers it and he thinks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, does he talk about his? Birth parents? Is that something? Does he have memories of them? Does he talk about them? Because I know your other two are younger. They're three and two. Yeah. So I'm assuming they don't really talk about their birth parents, but Noah does. Yeah, and so that's been something that we. Uh, how do yeah? How do you negotiate that? How do you? Mm-hmm. So we we braced ourselves for handling those conversations, but also we uh, we are not their first foster family. Uh, and so we we do talk about it in that context of like you have birth parents um and then you have you know your previous foster family and then for a little bit we were your foster family but you know now we're your forever family where we're adopted and adopted means forever um and so we kind of help him see that this is part of his life story um not so much these days so we're over a year in um to our parenting journey um and not so much these days does he talk about his past, but things like, you know, Mother's Day just came by or just happened. And what do you do um, on a day like that? Like you roll with it. Right. So like we I have to fight back very mm-hmm. all the time of being like, let's have a full blown conversation about what this is and what it means and what it doesn't mean and what it could mean. Like it's just too much uh, for anybody my husband included and so uh, we just roll with it and he's like I made y'all a card it says happy mother's day but uh, he's like did he make it at school because they were all making mother's day cards or was that intrinsically how he wanted to like you know no so he he designed the card himself um, and then the school what I thought was really interesting is that like they tried Um, but the school like the picture he was holding up a sign that said like happy mother's day like from mm. Pinterest or Etsy or something. Mm. Um, but the way that I've committed and that my husband is committed to talking about Mother's Day is, you know, moms work really hard. Moms do a lot. Um, and there are some people that have their moms as part of their family and some people who don't. But we celebrate how hard women work. You yeah. Know? And we celebrate the importance of the work that they do. So... Um, By all means, we still celebrate. And he's got... He's got grand, two grandmas, and mm-hmm. so it's a... When he has a birth mom. Like, we would yeah. not have him as part of our family if he didn't have a birth mom. And for yeah. that, we'll forever be grateful. Sure. And for whatever, you know, things that he may understand now or may never understand, you know, that that family unit didn't play out the way that I'm sure... Lots of parties yeah, would have wanted for sure. it to work out. <laughs>
So one thing that I thought would be really fun to ask each of my guests is their pro con pro the past week or few days or whatever. Um, so you start with something that's good. You start with a pro. You start with a con, something that didn't go so hot. And then you end with another pro. That way you end on the upside. Like it's like if someone said good news or bad news, I'm one of those people that always wants the good news last. So you end on a good note. Are you a bad news or a good news person? Mm, I agree. I think starting with the bad news. You want the best. bad news? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My husband wants the good news first. Let's be warmed up a little yes, bit. Yes. Like and that. he was yeah. like, I want the good news. And I'm like, but no, you need the bad news first. I love him. He's terrible. He's great. He's pretty great. Okay. What's your pro con pro for the week? Um, so I would say, um, and I'm not sure when this podcast will be released, but this past weekend was Mother's Day, um, and uh, I think one thing I might have already mentioned <laughs> is that we recently moved back to San Antonio, um, really because of family and just being around um, more people. Not that Austin wasn't supportive. We will always love Austin and the people there, but uh, San Antonio so good. It's so great. However, but. San Antonio provides us with just um, a greater number of family members here. Um, so we were able to spend Saturday um, at Matthew's uh, grandma's house, and there was a ton of family. The kids played in the same field that Matthew and his brothers used to play, with, play in when they were growing up. Um, and it was great. I, I let go of the reins a little bit and kind of uh, let Noah go and... and play and kind of work with his older cousins uh, to figure out some of those social cues. Um, and then some of his cousins, some of Matthew's cousins came back and uh, we hung out till like, the kids stayed up till like 11 o'clock. That's insane. It's insane. And they thought they would, they acted like it was 11 a.m. living their best life. And I think that was really awesome that we were able to host some family there and the kids were in their, in their home. Because um, that kind of hangout would not have happened in Austin. No, no, unless we're having like people stay the weekend or something like that. Yeah, um, feed people. <laughs> which is always okay. But, uh, you know, but like so, like. When it's like pulling out the beds and going yeah, to bed. Yeah, I guess it's showers. the whole production of people staying with mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. which you guys do a lot. We love it. It's one of the things that we do. But this this kind of like hangout late and then everybody, you know, saying goodnight really late, like it was really great. Um, and then the next day we had family come over on Sunday and we did get to host them. We also really do enjoy having people. They really do enjoy hosting. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm like, you got to clean. You've got to like feed people. Oh, you have to have great. snacks. Like I don't keep snacks in my house. You have I'm, to get snacks. You have to have snacks. Yeah. yeah. I have no snacks. Yeah. If you wanted a snack now, I've got stale Cheez-Its. Some LaCroix. And, and one LaCroix <laughs> that was in my, in my fridge. Literally one LaCroix. That's all I got. I did not get to choose the flavor. Yep. Uh, nope. <laughs> no. Pineapple, strawberry. That's nope. what you get. Um, and so it was just great. It was awesome. So that was my pro was this feeling of home and family and togetherness. Um, the con that's come up over this past week is for me, uh, my real further realization of like this intense fear of raising children that are socially like aware and really strong and able to maneuver these really complex situations and the overinvestment I have in every single interaction that they have. So, mm -hmm. you know, oh, he's going to go play baseball. He doesn't know how to play baseball. I haven't thrown a baseball with him yet. 
Um, how's this going to go? What if he gets hurt? Who's going to come and get me? Like all of those things go through my head when it's, can I go play in the, in the field with my cousins? I, I just really wish it was a simple yes. But unfortunately for me and the way my mind and anxiety work, uh, everything else goes into that. And so um, just kind of navigating those anxieties in a way that stay true to myself like I, I feel like I have those worries for a reason um, but don't squander or hinder um, our kids ability to explore and learn um, and socialize and I think the the one of the lessons I've learned in in this feeling of, of anxiety in social situations for my kids um, is that their their cousins or other adults oftentimes have very impactful positive feedback for them or guidance for them. Um, so I don't necessarily need to be the one to console them every time they fall. Um, I don't necessarily need to be the one to redirect them if they are not playing in the way that everybody else is playing. Um, and there's a lot of value in that with me not having to do all of that. Um, but letting go of that has been my biggest. But it's also the part of like letting go, but also we're, we're working on, now that we're in San Antonio, like reaching out for help and and things like that. Um, and then Matthew and I just have a, like once a week, it's not really, it is kind of a date night. It's just the two of us, it's very intentional, no laundry. We do quick cleanups, like, you know, and then we sit down and we watch RuPaul's Drag Race and we drink wine and we stay up until 10.30 and it's just us getting wild, you know? Um, but it's funny and it makes us laugh and it makes us stop. Um, and that for me is some of our most treasured time that is good for myself as a person, but also really good for us as, uh, in a relationship. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard because I think that you always hear people talk about how, how relationships like, Oh, we didn't have any problems in our marriage before we started, um, before we had kids or whatever. And you never really get it. And I don't, this is not to insinuate that, that Eddie or myself have problems in our marriage, but you totally get, I think, mm -hmm. where people are coming from mm -hmm. that because you just forget to pay attention to the other mm -hmm. person sometimes because you're just sitting there mm -hmm. and all you're doing is figuring out teacher appreciation week and nap times and bedtimes and meals. And, yeah. meals. and mm -hmm. then you kind of turn around and you look at each other and you're like, oh, like you're somebody who was like my everything for mm -hmm. four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah, and then like a frustration with something that happened at school, right, might put me on a shorter circuit at home, and it's not necessarily Matthew's fault. Excuse me. Um, edit that out. Do you think uh, the burp came through? I don't know. We're I don't know. I can see. Uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily it's Matthew's not, fault. It's not the, it's not the, the booze. It's the LaCroix. <laughs> it's the LaCroix. It's I knew that grabbing it. I also he, had a flat I, water choice. I gave him a flat water option, <laughs> so him burping on... Mike for everyone to hear all him. It's all me. Ownership. Mm. Um, and so it is this, this thing where like frustrations with work or frustra like in a marriage, it's just two people and it's not a marriage podcast. So I'm going to keep it short and you can edit this out. Mm -hmm. It's in a marriage, it's just two people keeping each other happy, supporting one another, rocking it. And that is hard. So for anyone who chooses not to have kids or kids just aren't in their, in their cards right now, like know that I, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's also equally difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and then mixing in all these other factors is harder than um, I think we knew, but it's also hard in practice. It's been crazy. And so for me, it's like 
figuring out how to be a parent, know that people are watching our parenting, knowing that our parenting is having an impact on these kids' lives. Are people watching your parenting now? People are watching your parenting. Or people are watching our parenting. I know. Do you think they're watching your parenting more than they're watching like somebody like my parenting? or like? Ex- no, I think equal. And, and growing up in, in America, we're, we're both Mexican. Growing up in Mexican households and Mexican families, when people are gone, they're like, oh, you know, with his parenting or, oh, with her parenting. Seriously? Oh, girl, yes, sister. No. 100%. People yes. People are not. That is the cardinal rule of parenting. For you other parents in the similar boat. But the wisdom of our elders mm. overtakes. You think my mother, Joyce Kinney, who I don't know if I'm supposed to say her name. I'm going to put an edit over that if I'm not, if I shouldn't say her name or if I decide I shouldn't say her name. You think Joyce Kinney is judging my parenting. Okay, put an edit over this. Joyce Kenny and I have had conversations about your parents. <gasps> no, no. 100%. In our kitchen. I am a counselor by trade, um, but even if you're a teacher, like I know a lot of teachers who find parenting to be harder than teaching a room full of kids. You know, even the same age as their kids. Um, Which is crazy to me. But I'm it, like, you just multiply it, right? No, it begins to make sense in the sense of like, I, I have all, I, mean, I have all of my, like not all my eggs in the basket, but like I have a lot of, a lot invested in these children that we are raising. Um, and we have a lot invested in these children that we are raising. And that begins at least for me to feel like a lot of pressure or like, are you serious? You just did that <laughs> for what with a, a client or if I were a teacher, for example, having a, a, a child in your classroom, it might be like, Oh no, that, that was a poor choice. Let's try again. You know, it's much easier. Is it Cause they're like your way. babies and you're like, why would you? What? Is that? what? <laughs> like, what? Um, and that's, that's something that I haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know a lot. I've worked with a lot of kids. Um, I have never raised our three kids. Um, and I think like John said earlier, giving myself enough grace to figure that out. Like that's not in a book. I, there's no book on how to know a lot about mental health and trauma and apply it to continuing to work in mental health and trauma, mm-hmm. be married, raise three kids, like maintain a healthy balance. Like that's not a book. Yeah. Um, and so that to me has been the part that I, I don't talk about very often because I think people just, this is just my, no one's ever told me this, but my internalized perception is that people expect me to do things well. Um, and Matthew can tell you, like, I, I don't do everything well. I don't do a lot I of things well. don't think that Matthew would say that. <laughs> he would. Uh, not, in a, not, not in a bad, shady way, but it's something that I have learned about myself. Is like, oh, shit, I'm not as great at this as I first thought I would be because I've never done it, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and I think I, I pray that I continue to get better. Um, but it's something that you need to be kind to yourself with regardless of your background. So maybe you don't know anything about kids and you're struggling with the crying baby. That's because you've never done it. You know, you and that, you and your child have not figured that part out yet. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it just kind of goes across the board, in my opinion. Um, and it's hard and it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the way it is. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. And once we do, they'll change and yeah. <laughs> we'll try it all over again.
So one thing that I thought would be good. So if you listen to my first podcast, one thing that I brought to the table was a quote. Um, it was from Grey's Anatomy. And I thought it just kind of kind of enveloped what parenting is like and when it's a good time to be a parent, which is never. And so I thought it would be good if I asked everyone to show up who came on the podcast show up with a meme or a quote or like something um, that kind of embodied like what their life was like or what their experience has been like or anything like that. So um, I asked Eddie to do that and he's got something. Yeah, so ours uh, didn't come from the Insta. I did search, but um, <laughs> didn't it find anything good. Didn't find anything. There's so really much good. good on the Insta. There is, um, but ours comes from um, something we have hung up in our in our house uh, that came from Hobby Lobby. Um, feel as you will. Did you use the 40 percent off? This is already on sale. Oh, so I know a little less victorious, but <laughs> um, yeah. So here it goes. Anyway, so it's says, uh, my darling, it's not where you come from. It's where you belong. There's nothing I would trade. I wouldn't have it any other way. You're surrounded by love and you're wanted. So never feel alone. You're home with me right where you belong. And so that's hanging right at the landing of our stairs by the kids' rooms. And um, I thought it was really important to have it there now and forever because, you know, we we have a lot more conversations that will come our way and a lot more struggles and wait, those aren't your real parents. Wait, you have two dads. Like, wait, like all that. And so, um, for me and for Matthew at the core, this is really where we operate from. Mm -hmm. And it's not a secret to hide. I mean, obviously, um, (laughs) it's something to really, there's so much you can hide when they're rolling in with their two dads for like parent teacher (laughs) night and stuff. So I don't know. I think you guys are, I think you guys are killing it. Like, I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm continuously in awe of what it is that you guys do. Um, I never tell you this because I can't get, I can't let you get cocky about it. <laughs> but I think you guys are good at what you do, and I think you guys do it well, and I think you guys do exactly what works for your family. So thank you so much. Of course, my pleasure. It'll be my first episode with a guest. Um. Anything else you want to say? I think parent. I, I know that parenting is not easy. Um, I think that being fostered to adopt gay dads has put a very unique uh, like path towards a niche of parenting where a lot of people oftentimes find their own. So uh, part of that quote thing was like there was a lot of quotes that might have had a mom in front of it or might have mm-hmm. had other things that were really hard for me to openly come up and like sh- share with you feeling like totally like own like I own that quote um and so as a gay dad gay former foster dad of three I just want to say that parenting is amazing and it is it is incredibly challenging at times um but it's wonderful and I respect all parents um and um, just keep doing what you're doing. Everybody's rocking it out. 